Welcome to the Pet Podcast for pet parents, pet lovers, and it's all about pets. I'm Lauren, a certified professional pet sitter and pet owner. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pet Podcast. Today, we have a very exciting guest. We have Dr. Alan Chan from Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy here to talk to us about uh, making changes to your pet's medication. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much, Dr. Chan, for joining us today on the Pet Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for, thank you for having me, Lauren. Wonderful. Well, introduce yourself a little bit and um, tell everyone about Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy. Sure. I'm a compounding pharmacist here at Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy here in the San Francisco Bay Area, California. So over the past few decades, I had uh, personally owned more than uh, five dogs. So I've always <laughs> been a dog and animal lover. And here at Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy, we specialize in customizing medications for animals. So our mission is to ensure that your pet is on the road back to healthy. So we do this by not just custom making and dispensing medications, but our team gets on board and involved with your vet's medical team in supporting and planning for your pet's treatment plan while educating and supporting owners and caretakers throughout the treatment process. That's wonderful because definitely, you know, when any kind of medical issues come up, either humans or pets, having a team that is working for the benefit of the patient is always a plus. And anytime you can bring anyone in that is going to add quality of life or a different angle to attack the issue, that is A plus in my book, definitely. <laughs> exactly. I do want to digress just a moment. Uh, what kind of dogs do you have? Yeah, I had actually, they all oh, passed uh, oh, due to old age. Uh, but I have three kids now, so I'm kind of having my hands full. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, I had uh, all, all, I have a Pomeranian, I had a uh, Husky, I had a German Shepherd mix uh, that was a rescue, oh. I had a Papillon mix uh, that was rescue. I also had a, uh, except, actually, you know, the Queensland healer is still. Yeah. Here, but uh, my sister has it now. <laughs> That's him. Oh, wonderful. you really on the spectrum of small and big dogs. I absolutely love it. And <laughs> I love to hear that they were rescues, too. Yeah, yeah. We got to do our parts in helping out the, the pets community and the pets life here locally. That's always great to hear. So for everyone that does not know what compounding uh, medication is, can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not everybody here, right? Not everybody knows what exactly compounding pharmacy is. So essentially, compounding pharmacy is custom making each prescription medicine uh, for uh, that's tailored to your animal's unique needs. So we are a compounding only pharmacy. We are not like your typical big box chain retail pharmacy where you walk in and get like, uh, like say for example, uh, amoxicillin 500 milligrams when you get sick. So pets, it's a lot smaller. Uh, some animals are a lot smaller. Some animals are a lot bigger, like, for example, like elephants. Uh, that requires completely different medication, completely different strength. So we would custom make it to the correct strength, the correct form that's best suited for the animal and the caretaker 
an owner to a minister. Well, that, like I said, anything to ease anxiety in the animals or make it easier for us to help them get back to health or treat a disease that they have is fantastic. Is there a point that it is absolutely necessary to compound a medication or is it more just for ease of the administrator? Well, there's uh, both. We have to look at it from all angles. Basically, compounding pharmacy. Another approach is that we uh, make patient-specific therapies. Mm -hmm. So in the veterinary world, our patient comes in, as I mentioned, different species and different sizes. Like we have uh, dogs and cats, we have horses, lions, tigers, penguins, monkeys, giraffes, and so on. So the physiology, the sizes that sensitive and their sensitivity to different type of pharmaceuticals are different from humans and are different from a lot of what's being commercially available out uh, in the pharmacy, human pharmacy world. So that's another reason why it is important to have compounding pharmacy as part of your treatment plan for your pet. Oh, that's great. You mentioned penguins and elephants. And (laughs) so you do a lot more than just what we think of as household pets, the care and medications and treatment plans. You're talking about zoo animals too, huh? Uh, Yeah, we do have a lot of zoo uh, hospitals that that we are partnered with. Oh, that's great. And I think in the when we talk about pets or animals, people sometimes don't always think about, you know, the zoos that need that same kind of support, the same or similar resources to even pet or owners just in terms of health and safety and those kind of aspects as well. Yes, correct. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head because uh, it, it requires a lot of uh, specialty Uh, involved when it comes to veterinary medicine. So are there any risks by compounding medication or transforming it in any way? There are generally no risks, very little, uh, I would say. But I think the more appropriate question would be um, how to choose the right veterinary compounding pharmacy. I think that's a better question question to minimize any potential risks that may be involved because uh, I think what you mean by risk is sometimes Mm. there are, actually there are other compounding pharmacies that are not for animals, just for humans, for example. And you want to be able to differentiate which pharmacy is best for my pet, which is your pet is, your family, it's a family member. So one of the things, there's a couple of things you want to, I think there's a couple of things I want to point out Mm -hmm. when you look for a compounding pharmacy. You want to look for a compounding pharmacy that's PCAP accredited. So PCAB, PCAP. So it stands for Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board. Basically, it's a zero accreditation that meeting and exceeding national quality of standards for compounding. So what this means is that this accreditation means the pharmacy has met the highest quality and safety standards set forth by the Accreditation Commission for Healthcare. It also provides patients, owners, and prescribers to select basically the high-quality pharmacy that uh, the chemicals and the pharmaceuticals that we use are highly reliable uh, supplier from highly reliable suppliers. Pharmacists and technicians are normally receive a regular specialized training. The facility itself, the labs that we have, uh, must meet the design and other related standards to help ensure the area is clear, clean, and free of any contamination. So th- this is one of the, PCAP is one of the main thing that you want to look for. Another thing you want to look for is quality assurance. You want to mm-hmm. make sure that this pharmacy, this, this would actually be a fair question to ask when you call a compounding pharmacy. 
hey, do you also have a quality assurance policy and procedure in place? Do you guys do regular potency tests uh, conducted by third-party labs, for example? Mm-hmm. And uh, ask questions like, hey, how's uh, your facility? Uh, for example, there are a lot of compounding pharmacies, as I mentioned, that are uh, they also do human compounding and that sometimes dabble in veterinary practice. Yeah. Um, so it's important to ask a compounding pharmacy, uh, do they have a specialized knowledge in, in pets and animals? And it should be the best pharmacy, compounding pharmacy, should be the ones that only does animals because there are just some medications that you don't want to cross-contaminate with human. For example, like xylitol, Absolutely. Uh, the sweetener is not good for small animals, uh, pets. Uh, and uh, for example, there's a propylene glycol. It's toxic to dogs and cats. So some of these things that are fine for human, okay for human use, it's not good for animal use. So these are some of the things that I want to be aware of to minimize your risk. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that you brought that up. Definitely, you know, looking for accreditation. And although, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, whether you're dealing with humans or pets, is regulated and monitored, there are so many other aspects of the pet industry that are not regulated. So always when you're even looking for trainers or a pet center, any kind of accreditation in the pet industry is mm-hmm. definitely something to be looking for. Yeah, I would, you know, if it was my pet, I would expect the pharmacy to be, you know, veterinary only because that risk of one mistake or cross-contamination can do a lot of harm. There's a reason there's warnings on <laughs> medications that says, do not allow pets to access this, you know? Exactly. So I would hope that any company that's dabbling in that would take it a little bit more, you know, seriously and make sure they're doing their due diligence as well. But I think making sure that I, I tell our listeners and all of my clients this as well, as much as you are looking for a trainer, you want to make sure you're interviewing them and that they're following Correct. ideals and standards that you find at the level it needs to be for your pet. Correct. How does the medication that you manufacture differ from the pre-manufactured medications? You know, like something that like Rimadol that I would get from my veterinarian. Absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned, so the compounding, it's customizing medication. Let's say if you get the Rimadol and it comes in a certain form and your pet don't take it, we can change it to a different form. We can change it to a suspension and flavor it to something that your pet loves. Anything. We have a whole menu <laughs> from, from bacon to liver to chicken. You name it, we generally have it in a hypoallergenic flavor as well. And that's another thing too. Some pets, some animals do uh, uh, allergic to a lot of uh, sensitive or, or sensitive to a lot of uh, ingredients out there as well. So that's where we come in. We we co- we step in when uh, in your vet calls in the prescription or sending us prescription. Essentially, they are inviting us uh, to partner with them, bringing us on board. So what we do on the background is it's not just that we get a, an order and we work on the order. Mm-hmm. So we look at the order and say, hey, is this right for the patient? Is this right for the pet? And then we look into, okay, what is the relationship between the owner and the caretaker? I mean, the owner or the caretaker or the zookeeper or the animal, the patient themselves, because that affects how you're going to administer medication. Yeah. Well, if you're, for example, if you have a cat 
uh, you don't have a very good relationship with them, and cats are already hard to pill. <laughs> as a <laughs> oh, absolutely, that is a very true statement. And so we can try different routes. So we will work with not just the veterinarians, but also the owners to see what approach we can do. For example, like cats, we have a lot of medication that we can actually administer through the ear as an ointment. So you don't even have to go through the oral route and have a kind of wrestle with the cat <laughs> while giving that medication. As a pet sitter and a pet owner, pilling a cat is one of the my least favorite things to do. And if it was a standard where some of these common treatments, such as, you know, a thyroid medication, which seems to be one of the most common that I administer to our clients, you know, if that was an ointment form, I think my life, the cat's life, everything would be a little bit more harmonious. <laughs> Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So it's basically a, for that particular medication that we mentioned, it's basically a little, little ointment, a little cream. You just give a little massage to the ear and that's it while your kitty's on your lap. Yeah. And it's just absorbed right in through their skin. Correct. Correct. That's great. I do want to cycle back just a minute. Uh, when you were talking about customizing the medication, I heard uh, you have a menu of flavors. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I, I really do. <laughs> Anytime I get to customize something for my dog, I am very excited Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we have a couple of medications that, uh, two forms of medications that we can flavor. We have, uh, aside from suspe or suspension, which mm -hmm. is a liquid medication, we also have chewies, like a chew treats. Oh. So we make it into soft chew treats. So with these medication, we have, uh, we just have, uh, we have vegetarian flavors, we have hypoallergenic flavors, we have meat flavors. So it's really for, especially for dogs, because dogs are, uh, uh, animals that eat before uh, they smell before they eat. <laughs> <laughs> so they go they go for the smell rather and may not even taste good, but they'll, they'll eat it because it smells good. Yeah. And so, like bacon, for example, it's one of our most popular for our canine patients. So some some of these uh, flavoring caters specifically can uh, to your pet's liking. I love that. I know bacon would probably be one of my favorite flavors as well. <laughs> And I, I like to hear about the hypoallergenic as well, because in my experience, chicken flavor and chicken products are becoming more of an allergen in dogs. And mm -hmm. so knowing that and being able to work around that, because I feel there are so many products specifically for dogs that they go to chicken as that first flavor, you know, and that's starting to eliminate more of that dog population. So giving options and really getting to know the pet, I, I think that's absolutely great. So when a veterinary or a veterinarian contacts you, is your main contact through that veterinarian or as a, you know, do you deal directly with consumers as well? That's a great question. So the way uh, we work, we work with both. So we can, uh, the veterinary can contact us directly or the owners or caretakers can contact us uh, directly. So generally what happens, uh, we can take in prescriptions uh, of your pets two ways. Those are the main two ways. So let's say you want to use us for your pets and your veterinary doesn't know us. So you can give us a call and we can set you up and ask you some questions and make sure uh, what you're looking for, what we we have it and it's good fit. And then we'll reach out to your vet 
asking for your uh, vet's uh, perhaps a phone number or email, and then we'll have a chat with uh, your vet and now to initiate the conversation and then start prescription as necessary. And then we'll loop you in and, and everybody will work together as a team so we all be on the same page to make sure that your pet will go back uh, to health healthy as soon as possible. You know, I'm sure you probably have to be licensed in some of the states. So are you, by chance, are, is your pharmacy licensed in Illinois? <laughs> We are we're going to be licensed in Illinois ah, very lovely. soon. Uh, however, we're very close. We're already licensed in Wisconsin, very close to you. Ah, yes. So uh, we can, by license, meaning that we can ship uh, to that state. So we are largely on uh, mainly the West Coast and uh-huh. also part of the East Coast. Wisconsin is kind of right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're right smack dab in the middle, definitely. <laughs> but hey, that's how you get, you get on the coast and then you work your way in. So what if uh, someone was in a state where, you know, you aren't licensed yet? How would they, can they still contact you? And would you consider them as well as a patient or client? Yeah, we can definitely uh, refer as needed mm-hmm. to uh, any partnering pharmacies that we uh, that we work with. Uh, but soon we'll be covering most of the states. We're working on covering most of the states. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm glad to hear that. I know we mentioned thyroid medication for cats, but what are the most common forms of medication that you, you know, alter or compound for clients? So one of uh, the most common medication in addition to thyroid uh, issues for cats is for dogs, there's something called canine otitis, which is basically ear infections for Mm -hmm. dogs. So these are the top cause for canine office visits. So let's say if your puppy refuses to take antibiotic orally, we can custom make combo ear antibiotics for your puppy to specifically target the bacteria that is causing the infection. The liquid will reach the site of infection in the ear canal. It is designed to solidify because it is bioadhesive and releases the active medication directly to the site of infection just over a few days. So this is a very very effective method, not only to decrease the risk of side effects from taking oral medication, you know, like uh, GI issues such as vomiting, diarrhea, it can get messy. It also directly treats the site of infection, meaning that it is much more uh, cost-effective and faster recovery time. I love that you brought that up. I uh, used to have a Sharpay, and they have the little folded-over ears and are very prone to ear infections. And well, he was very good at cheeking those pills when we thought he'd swallow <laughs> them. And then, you know, five minutes later, it's sitting on the floor in the kitchen. And we we went to a an eardropper ointment formula, and it, it helped immensely. He, he outsmarted us on those pills. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Ear infections. And it's something that most people think, oh, oh, it's, you know, arthritis or joint issues, which those cause veterinary visits as well. But it's some of these smaller things that we might not even notice either. And so bringing attention to different things and bringing up the side effects from pills in dogs, I that is something that we need to be aware about. Because I've had clients who said, oh, you know, Fifi is taking a medication for XYZ. And, you know, and then I walk the dog and she has some very loose stool and I report everything back to the client. 
And then they're right back at the vet and it's like, well, no, she's been on this pill and it's most likely causing her to have a little bit of upset stomach. (laughs) But then it just causes more issues because you're back at the vet, you're adding the stress onto the animal. So eliminating some of that is what we need to be doing to keep them out of stressful situations. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for example, that's that's what's so important about uh, veterinary compounding pharmacy, because we can shorten the treatment time by a lot than when compared to if you were to get a medication from a big box human pharmacy. And uh, if it's okay, I, I would like to circle back to um, one of the reasons, one of the things that you look for in a veterinary compounding pharmacy, one of the biggest thing is access to pharmacists. Yeah. Uh, so you, you brought me uh, back because to it's important to access not only the owners, but also the veterinarians have access to our pharmacists because not only for patient consultation, but also for uh, clinical consultations. Like say, for example, like uh, you were talking about uh, the ear medication, for mm-hmm. example. So a lot of times the veterinarian is not exactly sure how to best treat the medication because we don't want to give your pet if you, your pet has three uh, different type of bacteria or a couple of type of bacteria in their ear, we don't want to give like four or five different medication uh, separately to your pet. We want to do it just one shot. Right. So that's one of the things we could do. We can combine it into the ear medication um, and then give it to the patient. So a lot of times we work with your veterinarians and they can send us their culture and sensitivity report or CNS report and we'll make a recommendation and then work with uh, your vet to see, hey, which antibiotic is most effective based on the report and what do you think? And then we'll talk to the owner, what do you think? And then we'll be on the same page and we'll get the puppy going. I, I, again, I just love the teamwork aspect because, and you know, you're on the veterinary side of things, pharmaceutical side, and in the pet care side, it is, again, it's a group effort between the owner, trainers, mm-hmm. pet sitters, any caregiver for the pet wall, you know, their owners are away. It needs to be that team effort to really give these pets their best lives. Exactly. Do you offer any kind of public education for consumers? Uh, we, so this podcast, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, part of, it's part of our education and outreach effort to bring awareness to uh, pet owners, veterinarians. Uh, that veterinary compounding pharmacy is here to help you and help your pets and animals the most cost-effective way to approach medication therapies uh, that will significantly increase treatment success rate using custom approaches that increases quality of life for everybody, not just the patient, including also the caretakers and the owners and the veterinarians too. I mean, when when I connected with your pharmacy, I was really excited because this was an area that I wasn't very familiar with. And I think just the awareness of pet owners to their pet needs, the growth that we're seeing in that area, any information that can help the pet and the pet owner, we need to get out there. And that's what, you know, this podcast is about. And I'm (laughs) so excited that I was able to connect to your pharmacy Tell people where they can follow your pharmacy if they want to get some more information. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this, the quickest, simplest way you can you guys can always uh, Google us. Uh, pharmacy name is Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy. So we're located just 20 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We also have an Instagram page, a Facebook page. I don't, I don't remember exactly the 
the screen name on there. Uh, but that can be out. You guys can find us on there as well. I can follow us. We have a lot of uh, stories, updates. We even have contests and giveaways. Oh, uh, hey, everyone on on uh, social media really likes the contests. And <laughs> I, I definitely follow you guys on Instagram and Facebook. And you posted the most adorable picture <laughs> of a dog for May 4th. May the 4th be with you with the Yoda ears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. So all of our listeners should definitely check you guys out. I know on Facebook, you guys are Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy. And so people should definitely connect. And if people have any questions about, you know, the direction to take their medications, should they start with their veterinarian or should they reach out directly to a pharmacy like yourself? A veterinary would be a good uh, first I guess first space uh, to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a lot of times it's pretty tough to get a hold of your doctor or veterinarians <laughs> or your own personal doctor. Yeah, yeah, for that matter. <laughs> um, so pharmacies, uh, especially veterinary and compounding pharmacy, would be a great resource. We're we'll be here to help you. We're here to support you uh, and your pet's journey to reach treatment. So that's what we're here for. Well, wonderful. Well, Dr. Chan, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I will definitely make sure that I link you guys in when the podcast comes out and some of our announcements. And so everyone can listen to the podcast and check out your social media and check out your website and see what you guys are all about. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Lauren. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pet Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. This helps us reach pet parents and pet lovers such as yourself. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Pet Podcast. If you have any questions you'd like answered or ideas for topics you'd like to hear about, send us a message through social media or send an email to podcast at petpodcast.com. See you next time.